Fun Pod Podcast. I'm your host, Vicky Loras. We are here to talk about everything phonetics and phonology and learn about new research by linguists all over the world. For episode six, I'm honored to welcome Carolina Linz Machado. Carolina is a research assistant and PhD student in the SNSF project, Untangling the Relationship Between Voice and Face, a cross-modal approach to talker identity, supervised by Dr. Lei He, Professor Dr. Volker Delvo, and Dr. Willemain Heren. She completed a BA in Linguistic und Phonetic and Informationsverarbeitung at the University of Cologne in Germany, followed by an MA in Theoretical and Experimental Linguistics at Leiden University in the Netherlands. Her primary research interest is related to speaker-specific information in speech dynamics. The aim of her research is to investigate idiosyncratic behavior in the acoustic and articulatory domains. How did I meet Carolina? We are in the same reading group at university, and she always gives us a lot of insight into phonetics and Today, I'm really happy to have her as my guest on the podcast. Carolina, thank you so much for being my guest today, and welcome to the Fawn Pod. Wow, thank you, Vicky. That was such a nice introduction. All right. <laughs> thank, thank you, you for... so much for having me. I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of your podcast already. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's great to hear. Yeah. Thank you so much. Well, usually I start the episode asking uh, all my guests, what got you into phonetics? So what has attracted you into this world? Oh, well, for <laughs> me, um, I kind of stumbled into <laughs> phonetics. It was never like my primary uh, interest to, <laughs> to be a linguist. I'm actually an interior designer. So that was my first. <gasps> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that was my first. Um, yeah, uh, BA was in uh, interior architecture. But yeah, I, I came to Germany uh, 10 years ago, or I went to Germany mm -hmm. to just learn German because I always loved learning languages. Mm -hmm. And I was feeling that, okay, interior design is nice, but it's not very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my parents and my mom is a, a pedagogue. So she, okay. she had the insight and said, well, you always love languages. Why don't you study? Uh, something like that and uh yeah that's where i decided I to go back to university and then followed um yeah the linguistics uh, and phonetics uh, program at the university of cologne mm -hmm. and yeah, also with the information for arbeiten which is basically data processing fantastic <laughs> yeah so and i'm here doing a phd oh, great <laughs> Wow, I had no idea. Like other guests have started from something different in linguistics or, for example, something relevant. But this yeah. is a totally different uh, course that you took. This is amazing. Yeah. And um, I kind of ended up going to the topic that I am now mm -hmm. because of something that happened to my family in, in Brazil. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. So. Uh, if we have time, I could tell or I could. Yeah, sure. If you want to share it, we have all the time in the world. Yeah, you know that uh, in Brazil, uh, 
the criminals are a bit creative. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, actually from jail, they can, you know, call your family and uh, try to extort uh, money from them. Okay. And so they called my parents once and I wasn't at home. Mm-hmm. And they were saying like, yeah, we got your daughter. And if you don't uh, wire us money, uh, we're going to end her. And my dad was, was in the phone the whole time. And he was so stressed out. And my mom had like the, the cool... <laughs> blood she stopped and say no she's at school i'm gonna call her and and yeah. see everything is going and it was fine everything in the end was fine they noticed that it was just uh yeah this this extortion thing mm-hmm. but the way that that left my family you know and because my dad could swore that the woman that was speaking was was yelling just like me <laughs> oh my lord yeah but uh wow. yeah, when you were under the pressure that those days and then in that moment, that's when I started thinking about, okay, no, but we sound so different, you know, that there must be a way to, to, you know, figure out if that's the person, uh, if that the person was really me or if it was someone impersonating me. And that stayed in the back of my mind. And then oh. after, yeah, and then I was doing linguistics and uh, phonetics, which I loved, you know, because it has really to do with all this, this production part. And yeah, that's what led me then to my interest in speaker-specific uh, information in the acoustic uh, oh, yeah. domain. It was really because of what happened. What a story! <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry that your parents had to go through that, but look yeah. at where it landed, and you're exactly. all safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there are bad things that happen that they. Yeah. you know kind of lead you to good things in the future but yeah so i think that was my my biggest motivation in the end to to yeah. look at this yeah because it's something that you know it could have an application in the future and yeah yeah so yeah oh, that's my story <laughs> thank you for sharing that that's amazing and that's how it brought you into speaker recognition and all that looking at this uh articulatory behavior it's what i'm looking at wow yeah so i basically want to understand how individual variation in articulation affects then the acoustic outcome fantastic well can can we go a little bit deeper into this like i i'm so interested that you are you're focusing on idiosyncratic behavior in acoustics and articulation can you give us more information about uh, how this affects the two facets of phonetics and why are you okay why you're researching this you just told us but can you tell (laughs) us more about idiosyncratic behavior i'm very interested sure so um I guess we learn, like in our bachelor's, there's a lot of information encoded in speech, mm-hmm. right? So you have the linguistic information that has to do with the message itself. Mm-hmm. And then you have all this extra linguistic information. And that's where individual information is, is located. Mm-hmm. And for the sake of simplicity, we can say that it is the shape of your vocal tract and the articulatory strategies that you use that modulate the articulatory signal in, in uh, characteristic ways. Yeah. So I'm basically looking at what is the actual articulatory strategy employed by a speaker during speech. 
mm-hmm. and how it affects then the resulting acoustic outcome. Mm-hmm. So I had a paper out this year that I presented at Interspeech where I looked at English vowels, uh, A and A, mm-hmm. and how then what speakers do with their tongue, so to say, to modulate yeah. the first and second formants of both vowels. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because I would never expect to find the results that I did. I mean, I, I looked at these vowels in English, which is not my my native language. Yeah. But it, it was interesting to, to see that our behavior is very, like, not layered, but it's much more complex than we think. You know, it's not just, you know, you're, you're raising your tongue and then that affects if, if F1 would be high or low. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's much more into that. So it's a complex uh, thing to to look at, mm-hmm. and we see the complexity in the in the acoustic outcome. Right, it's it's really hard to just say that okay, this is the result of one thing. Yeah, like F one is the result of a single thing, which it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's much more complex than that. And uh, yeah, adding to that, I really want to look at dynamics. So because when we speak, it's not something that it's static. It's moving, it's continuous. Yeah. And behavior is something that is continuous as well, because you are there changing the patterns of your movement. And yeah, seeing how that then affects the F1 and F2 curves of, of these vowels was just very interesting. Oh, fantastic. It's on my reading list, by the way, because I'm also studying North American vowels. So I saw that I think you, you know much more than me. Oh. <laughs> No. I want to pick your brain, actually. <laughs> sure, let's talk whenever you want. Me too. Pick your brain too. So that's on my reading list too. I saw that you uploaded it a while ago on um, ResearchGate, and if it's okay with you, I can also link it in the show notes for the listeners to read too. Sure, I'm okay. all up for disseminating knowledge. Great for all. <laughs> that's fantastic. So interspeech happened in October, I think. September, I end think- of. Yeah, I think it was September, October. Yeah. Such a long time ago, oh. I don't remember anymore. I think, oh, another one for my reading list. Awesome. <laughs> Super. Oh, fantastic. And I also saw in one of your projects that you were researching Zuriduch, so Zurich German. Why did you pick this dialect? And are you planning on looking at other varieties and or languages as well? Which one was it? The Zurich Um Well, I think I, I used that as a basis for. Yeah. I never investigated Zurich German, but uh, I yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, so my my supervisor right now, Dr. Lehe, mm-hmm. he investigated intensity dynamics mm-hmm. in Zurich German, and for my MA, I replicated his, uh, ah, his replication. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then I did it with uh, L1 Dutch, L2 English. Mm-hmm. It's also a field that I'm very interested in, is L1, L2, and how all that affects as well your uh, yeah, individual behavior. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, it, it, can we go back a little bit to the American vowels that you were studying, that you were talking about at interspeech? 
You mentioned um, relationships between acoustic and kinematic variables. Can you psychom this a little bit for us, for our listeners? This is so interesting. <laughs> so by kinematic variables, I mean, uh, so we have the articulators, right? And then we have certain so say landmarks that we can use to measure the movement of an articulator. And when you're investigating tone movement, the tongue is something that it's very complicated, very, yes. very complex. <laughs> and we try to uh, decrease this complexity by taking a couple of points in the tongue, which could be uh, representative of the movement of, of his articulator. Mm -hmm. So uh, a kinematic variable in this case would be tongue dorsum, which is the back of your tongue. When you when you want to say the word kite, the k sound, you use the, the back of your tongue. Mm -hmm. And that, that's what we call one kinematic variable or mm -hmm. the tongue tip when you produce uh, tie. Yeah. Uh, that's another kinematic variable. And then uh, so the method that I'm working with is uh, an electromagnetic articulograph, which is called EMMA <laughs> for simplicity. <laughs> and in, in uh, with this method, what you play, what you do is you place coils on these uh, parts of the tongue, which then measure the the height, the fronting, and lateral movement in oh, cool. uh, 3D axis. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And and that basically gives you then uh, a kinematic variable in the uh, anterior posterior dimension, which is fronting and backing of the tongue. Yeah. And then you can have, I don't know, tongue tip in the X uh, mm -hmm. dimension, or you can have tongue dorsum height, mm -hmm. which is then TDY. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's how you measure, and that's how you see, you know, this complex tongue movement. How that is then uh, affecting the 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 affecting F one or or F two in a certain point in time. Mm -hmm. Oh, fantastic! Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if there's more that I can say about it. Mm -hmm. Is that something right. that it's uh, like that wasn't clear? No, it's absolutely clear and. Are you thinking of doing more work on this or do you have any other projects in the pipeline if you can tell us uh so right now i'm working with the corpus because <laughs> i started this research during covid so we couldn't oh, cool. so, yeah so but we couldn't get like uh we couldn't recruit any participants we couldn't do anything so basically this is a corpus uh project mm -hmm. But right now, in the project that I'm working in in Zurich, uh, we are collecting data for uh, from uh, Swiss native speakers with this Emma machine, and I hope to uh, yeah be able to do something with this data. Mm -hmm. But uh, I don't think it would be for the PhD. It would probably be for something else. Oh, cool. Yeah. And because I'm really interested in corpora, can you tell us what kind of corpus it is? So this is, uh, it's called Emma May, mm -hmm. and it is a Emma Mandarin Accented English uh, database. And I'm looking at the 
L1 speakers because you have two cohorts. You have the L1 uh, English speakers, and then you have the L2 English speakers, which are Mandarin speakers speaking English. But uh, yeah, for what I'm doing, I didn't want to add the like this complexity of L2 and what could be driving uh, uh, speakers' behaviors speaking in their second language. So for now, I'm just looking at this native speaker cohort. And the database basically has uh, acoustic recordings uh, with simultaneous kinematic recordings. So with this sensors attached, you have uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, lip movement, because mm -hmm. it has sensors in the upper and lower lip. You have tongue movement, which is what I'm looking at. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, material there. You have the single words, you have sentences, and yeah, I I found it actually a very good corpus, very well documented, very good to to work with. Beautiful. Ah, that's why you couldn't um, recruit people in the pandemic because you needed to have them there. Yeah, yeah, you need to ah. you need to touch their mouths. You need to glue yeah. stuff in it. So it was not so possible at the time. Yeah. Oh dear, that pandemic really <laughs> messed up things for a lot of people. <laughs> Apart yeah. from all the other consequences. Yeah, but again, it was something good, you know, because it uh, kind of forced me to, instead of look at a problem like in a, I don't know how to explain that, but it kind of forced me to look at the methodology more because it didn't have to, you know, recruit. Okay. Yeah, so kind of went to more like, okay, how I'm going to look at individual variation. So again, it's like a negative thing, COVID, but leading to a positive thing. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it has been such a pleasure listening to you, but I have one last question for you that I ask all my guests. Is there a linguist or a, I don't know, a trend that you have admired for ages in phonetics and you follow their work or do you have a favorite linguist in other words? Mm, I'm not sure if I have one favorite but i love researchers that think outside of the box that oh, great. that you know the methods that they use and the questions that they they ask are very uh like really outside of very creative you know mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if i have a name or are you reading something currently that has grasped your attention? You think, wow, this is amazing. I actually heard in uh, oh. one of the conferences that I attended that <laughs> they wanted, uh, they were saying, you know, telling us young researchers to look for uh, different methods to, to apply in our field and maybe, you know, try to answer questions that before were not like so to say possible to be answered yeah. but because we didn't have a method for that mm -hmm. and one of the things that they said was like uh looking at game theory approaches to study linguistic phenomena and that was like something very interesting to to hear that you know you, you shouldn't be uh limited by the methods the yeah. the traditional methods in your field you really should think uh yeah a bit outside of the box 
That's absolutely right. And I love that approach very much. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, great. Carolina, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. You told us so many different things. I learned a lot from you today. It has oh. been such a great time for me. I hope for you too. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really had fun talking a little bit <laughs> about phonetic stuff. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. And um, for our listeners, enjoy this episode with Carolina. And remember to subscribe so you can be notified every time a new episode is aired. If you would also like to be a guest or have any comments to add, please email me at vickyloras, V-I-C-K-Y-L-O-R-A-S, at yahoo.ca for Canada. Thank you for listening and see you next time for a brand new episode of the Fun Pod Podcast.